accountability groups was to read Time for God, which was a recommendation by Father James. So I hope you guys are as excited as I am to hear his thoughts on what this means. After reading, I felt like it was a perfect segue from kind of where KJ started with contemplative prayer and how do we become more prayerful as men. So again, that was kind of the first task, if you will, of us relaunching accountability groups. Where we're going to go from here, hopefully you guys held each other accountable to reading the book. If not, there's always room to grow, right? Where we're going to go from here is what I alluded to a few weeks back, is we're going to use this group or these small groups as ways to push us for what we stand for, right? To be better fathers, better husbands, be in the best spiritual shape of our lives. And one of the ways we're going to try to do that is the first week of each month is going to be presented with a challenge for your accountability group. That may range from stuff that we pull out of Exodus 90, like, hey, no hot showers this week, no TV this week, to family-based stuff. I want you to take your kids somewhere, do something with your spouse if you're married, to maybe a spiritual thing. This week, you're going to pray an hour a day. So the first Saturday of each month, we'll announce something that's going to be done with your accountability group, knowing that you're going to suffer with your brothers and the idea to grow in our spirituality. So the first step along the way is time for God. So I want to give Father James the platform here and then more to come on that guys in the following weeks great all right so let's begin with prayer slash scripture so name of the father son and the holy spirit this is a reading from john chapter 14 if you love me you will keep my commandments and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. So why do I begin with this scripture passage from the Gospel of John? Well, because uh, in Time for God, Father Jacques Philippe frequently mentions the interplay between right action and prayer. This dynamic between not only what we do when we're on our knees, but also when we're out in the world. And this is very foundational if we're going to move forward in the prayer life. This is one of the first things, because in St. Ignatius's rules of discernment, literally rule number one makes this distinction between where you're at in life. St. Ignatius says, If this is a person who is moving from sin to sin, mortal sin to mortal sin, the rest of the rules, we can't even touch those yet. We're not even going to talk about rules of discernment because the way that the Holy Spirit will act in that person's life will be different. Because at that point, right, if you're moving from mortal sin to mortal sin, then your life in many ways is under the demands of the evil spirit rather than the good spirit, if we can say it that way. Because, after all, what is mortal sin or serious sin, right? But it's that killing of the sanctifying grace that we receive in baptism. 
So we see here, in, see here in John, right? Jesus says, I will give you another advocate. I will give you the spirit and I will dwell within you. He will dwell within you. You will be in me. The father will be in you if you keep my commandments. And so if we're pushing God out of our lives by our actions, by our sins, by our decisions, then we really cannot expect our prayer lives to bear much fruit. So this is very foundational for that reason and why we'll discuss this first in order to facilitate our prayer lives. And why also would this be the case? Well, keeping God's commandments leads to three things. First, letting God abide within you. Second, letting God love you. And third, being able then to see God, as we saw here in John. So first, letting God abide within us. By our decisions, what we do with our bodies matters. That's why at Fit Shepherds, we're here, we're working out, we're taking care of our bodies, because we are body and soul. So the choices that we make with our bodies affect our souls, just as much as when we pray, that too can affect our bodies, right? We are one integral being or person. Humanity is literally a bridge between the spiritual and the physical realms in our bodies, in our beings. And so by the decisions that we make, whether we're choosing virtue or vice, good, love, or sin, right? Then we're allowing our bodies to be a place where God is then welcome. It's just like with food and exercise, right? If we use our bodies to exercise and we fill our bodies with good food, then we're making our bodies a place where health is welcome. So too, when we choose love and when we fill our bodies, our minds, our, our hearts with good spiritual things, then we're making our bodies a place where God can abide. Second, receiving God's love. God desires to direct and shape our lives into their full human and grace-filled potential. So, just as if we nourish our muscles and nourish our bodies, we can reach new heights of performance, right? We can do lunge jumps, or we can do those crazy butt lift things that were I was not accustomed to, right? If you practice, if you work it out, you grow stronger over time, you can reach new heights. So too, if we keep God's commandments, does the muscle of our heart, our capacity to love and be loved, grow? And in this way, we can experience the fullness of life to which God is calling us, both our human and our grace-filled potential. And third, seeing God. If our hearts are oriented towards love and we permit God to pervade us more and more, allowing his kingdom to spread more deeply to every corner of our lives, right? That light scattering the darkness within our hearts. Well then, we will be able to recognize him more readily, both in the world around us, as well as within us, right? And it's just as much like the more that we grow in relationship with a friend or with a spouse or even with our child, right? You, 
can, as you get to know somebody more and more, you begin to be able to recognize their voice without having to see them. Even to the point where, like with uh, some of my brothers who I live with, I can recognize their cough or even like their breathing. It sounds a little weird, right? But you start to know the person so you can recognize them more readily, even just these simple signs. Likewise, I can see the dishes done in a certain way and say, oh, that was my brother, Father Max, because I know how he does that. So I can see his actions in the world and recognize them more readily because I know him more deeply. The same is true for God. The more we know God, the closer we are to him, the more that we keep his commandments, the more readily we're able to recognize him. Not just his direct voice or like an angel appearing to us, right? But even just the small whisper of his voice or a small movement or a small stirring of the Holy Spirit or even his actions in the world around us. And what does this have to do with prayer? Well, often we think about prayer as just telling God about things, right? Or letting him tell us things. But as we grow in our prayer lives and our relationship with God, it also becomes more and more pervaded by those three things that I just described. Being able to notice God's presence abiding within us. Not just talking at God or hearing from him every once in a while, but also receiving his love in concrete ways by the things that happen around us. And thirdly, by being able to recognize his presence, his actions, his movements in the world around us, such that then we can more ready, readily cooperate with where he's trying to direct us. Because if we're more familiar with his voice, then we're going to be able to hear that more readily and cooperate with it more easily. Finally, notice how all these things are receptive actions. So as men, we're frequently geared towards doing stuff, right? We're not necessarily natural receivers, and I'll discuss this perhaps in greater detail in the future, right? Because we like to build stuff, make stuff, break stuff, move stuff, shape stuff. Receptivity and relationship is usually not our forte, and so that's why a higher percentage of women tend to be right-brained, which is also more related with the relational side, and a higher percentage of men tend to be left-brained, right, which is more object-oriented. And this is why it's even more pressing for us men to be involved in prayer, because as Father Jacques teaches in his book, prayer teaches us how to be receptive, how to grow in our ability to build relationships with our spouses, with our families, to build communion, and to teach us, right, fundamentally from learning from relating to God, how then to relate to others around us. Because God is always going to be perfectly relating to us, even if we're not perfectly relating to him. And so then from him, we can learn how to do that with others. But that only comes with our prayer lives, and our prayer lives can only come if we fundamentally make that conversion of heart, cutting out those serious sins out of our lives, seriously starting to take those on headlong, right, head on, 
and then we can expect, right, that the Spirit will be abiding within us, that we can trust that we're not pushing Him out of our lives, but more and more welcoming Him into our lives, so that then we can begin to grow more deeply in prayer.